So our mission spiritual health team wishes to begin our time with you at this meeting by expressing our appreciation to each one of you for the meaningful ways in which you each have served with spirit, leading with love throughout these challenging times, and making a difference in the lives of our caregivers, our communities, and in the lives of one another. So may we uh, begin by pausing in the stillness to rest for a moment, to quiet ourselves so that we can feel what stirs within us. We quiet our minds and our hearts. Each breath draws us closer to the pulse of life. And with each exhalation, we are warmed by the fires of our ongoing interconnection. For this moment, this radical moment, we find a certainty within the knowable bonds of love and community. We are not alone. We are held in the embrace of a love that is greater than us all. So let us make room for something new, and may we welcome it. So I'd like to begin with an opening prayer that's entitled, The Lace in 1650 is Still Unfinished. This is written by the Sisters of St. Joseph. Let us pray. O loving God of future and of purpose, we call upon you in faith to weave the pattern of our days. Where inspiration and guidance are needed, may we open our minds and hearts to your designs. May vision and clarity be your gifts to use along our way. May openness to possibilities and a cherishing of our history blend in our efforts to give shape to the future. May you reveal to us the truth of today and lead us forth with courage. And may it call us forth with renewed energy to where we want to go and that we can trust in divine providence to continue to lead us all as our journeys unfold together. Amen. So as you all know, um, human connection was identified as a priority throughout Providence in 2023. We had been significantly challenged in many ways during the three and a half years of the pandemic, including a feeling of disconnect, especially when many people began to work remotely. Even those who served in the direct care ministries and needed to be physically present could not gather, and for much of that time wore masks and shields, gowns, etc. Many of us were feeling a lack of human connection, that gift of community that we treasure so deeply in Providence. We were concerned we were losing a part of our culture, for being part of a community is a hallmark of who we strive to be. We know the power of community. We see it in all the collective efforts in this past year to provide opportunities for our people to connect in person, which brought such delight. With our DEI efforts, there's been an increased focus on belonging. We encourage our people of Providence to bring their whole self, including their spirit, to work. And that sense of belonging is essential in bringing to life the community we aspire to be. A community where, as the Persian poet Gibran wrote, work is love made visible. Work is love made visible. It is the love that was modeled for us by the Sisters of Providence and Sisters of St. Joseph. 
Noted spiritual author Sister Joan Chidster proposes that there is a spirituality in all work, and I would say especially so in our work in Providence. Sister Joan writes the following. A spirituality of work is based on a heightened sense of sacramentality, of the idea that everything that is, is holy, and that our hands consecrated to the service of God. When we care for everything we touch and touch it reverently, we become the creators of a new universe, and then we sanctify our work, and our work sanctifies us. A spirituality of work puts us in touch with our own creativity. Work enables us to put our personal stamp of approval on our own watermark, the autograph of our souls on the development of the world. In fact, to do less is to do nothing at all. A spirituality of work draws us out of ourselves and, at the same time, makes us more of what we are meant to be. Good works, work done with good intentions and good efforts. Work that builds the human race rather than reduces it to the monstrous or risks its if destruction develops quality of compassion and character in me. My work also develops everything around it. There is nothing I do that does not affect the world in which I live. Developing a spirituality of work, I learn to trust beyond reason that good work will gain good things for the world, even when I do not expect them and I cannot see them. In that way, I gain myself. Literally, I come into a possession of a me that is worthwhile, whose life has not been in vain, who has been a valuable member of the human race. Finally, a spirituality of work immerses me in the search for human community. I begin to see that everything I do, everything, has some effect on someone somewhere. I begin to see my life tied up with theirs. I begin to see that the starving starve because someone is not working hard enough to feed them. And so I do. It becomes obvious then that the poor are poor because someone is not intent on the just distributions of goods. And so I am. I begin to realize that work is the lifelong process of personal sanctification that is satisfied only for the world. I finally come to know that my work is God's work, unfinished by God, because God meant it to be finished by me. Work then becomes the way love is manifest in the world, beginning with each one of us, honoring our life, sharing our gifts and talents, steadfastly working together to create a community in which all can flourish. In our mission, as expressions of God's healing love, we truly create a sacred encounter. And as the, as the late Jack Glazier, <clears throat> a champion of theology and ethics with, with St. Joseph, stated, 
to be in community that serves, that speaks, that celebrates and prays in such a way that others, regardless of their religious belief, encountering this community experience a revelation of life's deepest truths about human dignity, community, success, power, growth, sacrifice, love, suffering, debility, and death, experiencing a harmony between their heart's deepest resonances and this community's character. Persons go from this encounter more healed and more whole, more able to live and to hope and to love and to die. In our work this year, we've been working together to overcome so many challenges faced during the pandemic. Through it all, our people have been steadfast. By working together, we are responding to the challenges of our time, just as the sisters did in their time. As we grow and respond together, we create a culture in which everyone knows they're important and that they belong. Such is the work of each team to actualize this vision of inclusion. There are so many examples of how this vision is showing up. From trainings to the collaborative work on a DEI strategy to the establishment of DEI inclusion statements within teams, our inclusion work is building human connection. Our mission calls us to ensure that our caregivers and participants and families feel valued, heard, respected, and celebrated for their unique perspectives and all they bring to our experience and our shared purpose. And so we are called to understand what it means to belong. True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging does not require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. It is a practice that requires us to be vulnerable, get uncomfortable, and learn how to be present with people without sacrificing who we are. If we are going to change what is happening in a meaningful way, we are going to need to intentionally be with people who are different from us. We're going to have to learn how to listen, how to have hard conversations, Look for joy, share pain, and to be more curious than defensive, all while seeking moments of togetherness. The Catholic tradition recognizes the spirit of love exemplified by Jesus in the scriptures. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it states, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there, there I am with them. The spirit of love transcends all boundaries and it fills our world with hope. When we join together to share our love, the spirit transforms the hurts and, har- and harms of humanity into a healing and into hope. And the sisters understood this spirit of abundance. Each one brought their own personality, their skills and their passion to grow in faith as they were called to be love in the world. They believed in community. They leaned and learned to understand and they support one another. They knew that their service was stronger when each person understood their own gifts and they shared those gifts to fulfill the mission. They knew that one plus one does, does, doesn't just equal two. It's the synergy of love and the respect for each individual 
and creativity just grows. Two becomes three and four and five as community begets community. The spirit becomes a source of hope, but love fills the world with creative solutions to heal what is broken so all can grow and flourish. There are many examples where an individual person's energy and commitment has been expanded by working together and serviced just as the sisters did. Like the story in the scriptures about the loaves and fish, there's a synergy that moves our mindset in that story from scarcity to abundance. The story of the loaves and fish begins uh, with Jesus, who is in mourning. He had heard of the death of John the Baptist and had withdrawn privately to a solitary place. But the crowds followed him, and when he saw the crowd, he had compassion, and he healed their sick. He then moved out of his own solitude to share in community, offering his presence to everyone in need. Then, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. The disciples wanted to send them away so that they could go buy their own food. But Jesus said instead, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. He surprised the disciples and encouraged a new mindset, even though they said, All we have are five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus said, Bring them here. Then he had the people sit on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed and broke, and gave the bread to the disciples who distributed to the people. They all ate their fill. They gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 were fed. Matthew 14, 20. Despite his own mourning, Jesus created a new mindset. He taught his disciples that when we bless what we have and share it with others, we can feed the crowds and what seemed like scarcity becomes abundant. I wonder if in many ways this speaks to our own work. We've been through some really challenging times, and you are doing the work of multiplication in your own ministries by how you are leading. We see the work of the hands of those who report up to you. You see how they care for the most vulnerable, for those who are poor in spirit or in resources. You see how we can multiply our gifts and talents when we work together. We want to honor you for your own gifts of time and talent and how you in turn inspire the talents of those entrusted to you. Through living the mission, those gifts that are given to us are shared with others and our ministries are available to serve those in need in our communities. So we are reminded before Jesus performed this miracle on such a grand scale, he did an amazingly simple thing. He thanked the Creator. He recognized that all we are given is a gift. Jesus knew that he did not perform miracles on his own through gratitude for all we have been given. He shared his wisdom and others were inspired. And together, scarcity became abundance. As captured in this prayer by Henri Nouwen, 
a noted theologian, we know to be grateful for the good things that happen in our lives is easy. But to be grateful for all of our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, the rewards as well as the rejections, that requires hard spiritual work. Still, we are only truly grateful people when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to the present moment. As long as we keep dividing our lives between events and people we would like to remember and those we would rather forget, we cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift of God to be grateful for unless we come to see in all things the guiding hand of a loving God. We want to acknowledge the Home Health team in Spokane for how you have taken the worst thing imaginable to happen to a caregiver and have used the past year to care for your team. We know that you have set aside your own time off, your own grief, to focus on those serving inside of homes. You have provided a safe harbor in the dark, and we acknowledge the many gifts you have poured out. We thank you. And thank you to the Oregon home care and hospice teams who served abundantly in times of uncertainty during and leading up to the strike. Thank you also to our senior leaders and our executives, Terry and Diana, for leading courageously during unprecedented times in health care. Thank you all for each of the individual acts of love and collaboration that make sacred encounters a reality. For example, thank you to the hospice team in Oregon for finding a horse and raising funds for the Make-A-Wish Foundation because of Elizabeth Fitzgerald's leadership and the team passing along the message. All those connections made it happen, and by believing it could happen, they helped fulfill a dying patient's wish to once again hug a horse. And thank you to the Lubbock and L.A. County hospice teams for making the seemingly impossible possible. And another example among many, the Lubbock hospice team found a patient severely isolated and in dire need. They took measures to ensure his safety and care. They tracked down his family, which was no easy feat, and connected him with his California family. Through extraordinary efforts and collaboration, the hospice teams in Lubbock and Los Angeles, Jacob was able to be reunited with his family and receive care through a grant program and find peace in the final days of his life. Love has no bounds, and with love, all things are possible. So thank you. Thank you for all of the teams that have made an effort to get everyone together for gatherings and celebrations this past year, rebuilding community after so long working in isolation. Thank you for all that you have done and continue to do, for how you have used your gifts to serve thousands of caregivers who have poured out their love to so many thousands of patients, families, participants, and one another. We know that we would not be successful in this ministry without you. We know we could not do this without the extraordinary gifts that have been entrusted to you and that you share with those around you. 
And so together we celebrate all the ways that love has been made manifest in our ministries throughout 2023 as we recognize our commitment to a shared community. We want to share pictures of the beautiful experience of community that have been demonstrated throughout our ministry this past year. But before we do, we'd like to share this beautiful poem by Jan Richardson entitled, And the Table Will Be Wide. And the table will be wide, and the welcome will be wide, and the arms will open wide to gather us in, and our hearts will open wide to receive. And we will come as children who trust there is enough, and we will come unhindered and free, and our aching will be met with bread, and our sorrow will be met with wine. We will open our hands to the feast without shame. We will turn toward each other without fear. And we will give up our appetite for despair, and we will taste and know of delight. And we will become bread for a hungry world, and we will become drink for those who thirst. And the blessed will become the blessing, and everywhere will be the feast. With deep gratitude for the many ways our mission and values were brought to life in 2023, we look forward to the continued flourishing of it in 2024. We thank you for all you're doing to further the work of our ministry and most especially for being you. We are so deeply grateful. <laughs>